Welcome to the Man Cave Caucus Podcast. We're here live from the Man Cave, as you might imagine. My name is Ben Baker, and my co-host here is Tim Holden. This is our pilot episode that we have been so stoked about for so long and working our way up to starting this podcast. And uh, so we're here, Tim. What yes. do you think? I'm, so far, so good. We, uh, we have not bombed yet. Not as of yet. It's, I'm sure it'll, it'll happen. happen. It'll happen. Uh, so let us tell you just a little bit about who we are. And uh, and then why we're starting this podcast. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of good and exciting things that we're going to talk about and discuss and laugh about and cry about and all of those things as we move forward with the Man Cave Caucus. So, Tim, uh, give us a little brief explanation of, of who we are. Or non-brief. I mean, whatever you think. I, I struggle with brief, but I think... Um like probably I guess we met about 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh seems like yesterday. It was a, yeah, it was and then in other ways it uh, seems like an eternity. It's pretty much a lifetime if you uh live fast and hard. So I mean, thankfully we uh we're still here, but we we worked together for nigh end a, a decade mm-hmm. and uh I was I'm 10 years younger than Ben and so uh kind of was he was like a second third father <laughs> and uh anyways we just kind of grew up together or I grew up more so than him he was mostly an adult when I met him mostly but uh yeah I mean it, if you stop growing you're you die I think at, at that age even at, even in your 20s so but I uh I was in I was a carpenter for the early part of my life and then family business kind of, kind of just, uh, it landed on me and, uh, dropped out at 15 because I'd found my career out of high school, got my GED and just living the dream ever since, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, and so, but yeah, now I, uh, I just got off the road eight years of full-time traveling in an RV with my family and Still do construction. So tell me, your family. I got a a wife, three kids. We've been married uh, 14 years. And uh, my oldest is 13, youngest is seven, daughter is 11. And uh, awesome. So yeah, that's That's how we save America right there. I I regret not having more. I'll say that. Yeah. So cool thing the name of your firstborn. Child, I, I did name my uh, my son Ben after Ben. Oh man! And uh, I've got my hand over my heart right now. I was going for Benjamin, and my wife needed to have some input, and so we went with Bennett. But he goes by Ben, and uh, that uh, that was just a you know you you pick your battles, and I felt like that was a pretty good compromise. Yeah, that's called marriage. Compromises pick is your marriage battles. and compromises happiness if if you're good at it that's awesome dude but uh yeah so i mean man so many memories working together learning together growing up together in a lot of ways i kind of uh quickly felt like you were like a a younger brother to me that i never had even though i have at least four brothers that i know of and and they're pretty awesome too they are but you know it's like you 
is almost like you're in in a lot of ways just as much a brother and and fit with my family and and uh and our personalities uh is amazing uh so lots of memories lots of things that we went through together that's just um man it's golden and we'll i'm sure at some point get into some of those things along the way with the podcast but um so my life is crazy like i can't even really we don't even have time uh, especially in in one episode to touch on all the things that i've been able to have the opportunity to do and be a part of in my life and it's just crazy like you know if you would have told me when i was a kid coming out of high school what uh, i would get to experience in life at this time by 42 years old i wouldn't have ever believed you i feel like it would be a cross between joe dirt and uh forrest gump yeah like <laughs> oh man we joe don't have dirt. time for it but like you got to you got to try cuz it's yes it's a interesting lesson so i um I grew up in Indiana, moved to Missouri, straight out of high school to Neosho, Missouri, came here to college, uh, spent uh, f- four years in, uh, in, a, in a Bible school here in Neosho, Missouri, and uh, skipped one year because I got married uh, when, I, when I was 20, and uh, so the next year I, I set out just trying to work and make a living and scrape by and, and all of that. Uh, married my wife, Naomi, who is from Neosho. Her family had moved here from California, got out of the, the land of fruits and nuts uh, when she was about 12, thankfully, uh, just by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin before Cal- California went fully woke uh, to what it is now. But... um. So Naomi's family met her in Bible school. We got married in the year, the year two thousand. Remember those sketches? Yeah, that was good times. Um, so we got married in two thousand. It's easy to remember my uh, my anniversary because of that. You know, it's like it's this twenty three. So twenty three years this December. You did a good thing. Oh, oh man. I didn't even know it at the time, but it's really come in handy. But anyway, we got married. Fast forward, had uh, four daughters. Uh, so pray for me. I, I need lots of prayer, lots of uh, drama, and never a dull moment in my house. But mm. I wouldn't trade it for, for anything no. else. Uh, four beautiful daughters. My oldest daughter is now married as of last year, actually, last June. Uh and Natalie and Davey are uh, full-time missionaries in Haiti, uh, which has given me more gray hair and even even than what I had a year ago. Uh, but awesome what they're doing there. Um, they have a, an orphanage and a Christian school and a church and uh, just into a lot of things there and, and really doing a great work. So a few years ago, I... Um, I was just, I was a dean of students at the at the Bible school. I was teaching there, and, and teaching is a passion of mine. I thoroughly enjoy it. I miss that a lot, that part of my life for those years. But um, so living here in the community in Neosho, uh, started paying attention to, you know, what was going on locally, trying to 
integrate and, and, you know, get out and meet the community, get to know what was going on in the community and, you know, serve the community in any way that I could. Uh, we started a, a Republican club, uh, just trying to get people engaged in the political process. Um, we, you know, we're just doing what we could to, and this is kind of what really sparked a lot of that was the Obama years and some of the things that we saw coming in, in our country, you know? And so, there was some situations going on in, in my, my hometown of Neosho um, with the city council and, and just seemingly like, you know, a lack of uh, integrity and leadership that was so needed in, in the community. Just a deficit of, I thought, you know, and still do, people that, you know, represent you in government that just understand what it's like to, to, to live uh, an everyday life and, and be a hardworking family and, um, you know, and, and be connected to that and understand it. And so um, people started asking me, that, you know, to think about running for city council when they first did. I, I was like, no, I, I don't want a part of that. I, you know, it's just not me. Um, and then a couple years later, um, you know, it's just even more impressed upon me that, that there's a need for this. And so I ran for city council, uh, in my hometown, just as an outsider, like I wasn't part of the, you know, the good old boys club and, and all of that. Um, I just, I really wanted to serve the people. And, and so, uh, man, that was an eye opener, you know, running, a, a at the time I thought it was huge, you know, running a small time city council campaign. I think I spent a total of $800, mm. you know, in that race. Uh, and there was, it was a three-way race for two seats. So there was two open seats, three people running. And one of the people in the race spent like, uh, I think nearly $20,000 in this race mm. for a city council election, uh, you know, and put out signs everywhere. I had some signs, but you know, it was a, it was a, a shoestring budget, uh, for sure for us. Uh, but we, we worked hard. We knocked doors, we got out there, uh, and met people in every possible, you know, uh, gathering of people in the community that we could. And we ended up winning by a large margin uh, in that race. Um, and, you know, it, it was an amazing thing that kind of set the tone for a lot of things that have happened since then and how that people responded to that. And so that's how I really first got involved. Now, when I was young, you know, uh, growing up in Indiana, my mom and dad and, and grandparents were kind of involved grassroots, you know, political stuff. We'd go to rallies and we would stand at the polls and we'd go to, you know, political events. Um, and it kind of got into my blood a little bit then when I was young. Uh, never thought, you know, that it would turn out to be what it has now. So then... Um, you know, I became the mayor after I was on city council, I think about a year. And then um, the mayor decided he, you know, was going to do something else. And uh, the mayor in our town is is one of the city councilmen just voted by city council. It's not an at-large election of the people. So um, became the mayor and some crazy things started happening like a week and a half believe this a week and you remember this oh, I remember. a week and a half after i was elected we had the worst flood that neosho has ever ever had in the history of our town uh, and it was it was terrible a lot of homes affected 
If I remember right, that was your fault. Well, yeah, according to some, uh, you know, I brought the I, flood. But I got off Facebook. Yeah. Well, you know, Facebook is very objective. I don't know why you would think that wouldn't be true. But anyway, and so, you know, I just, I'm a hands-on person. You know this. Like, I just, you know, that's all I know to do. I jumped in. I, I went out there with the police department. We were pulling people out of their homes. We were, you know, doing all this stuff, just just trying to serve the community and, and do what I knew to do. And, um. You know, so several weeks and and I'm trying to work a job and run a business and, uh, you know, all of this at the same time. And I think people respond to that when they see somebody who, you know, just they feel like not only, you know, pays attention to what the the things that they care about, but also responds in a way that is um, just normal, you know, normal people trying to work in and serve their community. So that happened, and then it wasn't long after that, just a few weeks in as well, we had a, so I'm friends with the the uh, radio station manager in town uh, that's a Christian radio station, you know, KNEO, in Neosha, Missouri, great uh, Christian radio station uh, that, uh, you know, has a wide reach uh, of their audience in the area, and so he reached out to me. He knew that I was a believer and he knew, you know, I'm in public office as the mayor. And, and he said, hey, we're going to have a, uh, a prayer gathering on the, the, the lawn of the courthouse in the Newton County Courthouse lawn, you know, and uh, would you be willing to come and, and pray, you know, and we're going to have several people come and pray and we're going to pray over our town. We're going to pray the, you know, for the people that have been affected by the flood and, and all this. And he said, one of the things I want to do is I would like to anoint the mayor with oil and pray at this event. And he said, would you be willing to do that? And I said, man, I absolutely would would, would be willing to do that. I said, I don't know if you know, but, you know, I, I was raised Pentecostal. So, I mean, you know, anointing someone with oil is is nothing new to me. I said, now the question is, you know, which way do you want to do that? You know, do you want to do the little... The, the, the little fingertip yeah. or the dip or you want to pour it on the head or, I mean, just whatever. And so uh, we had that prayer meeting, you know, public location. Anybody could come. Um, and it was great. A lot of people showed up. We prayed for the community. Um, and I, about a week or so after that, we get a letter at the city. And it's a letter from the, the friendly folks over at the Freedom from Religion Foundation. You ever heard of them? Oh yeah, from from this, but yeah. So I call them the the Federation, rather. You know, the the Freedom from Religion Federation. It sounds more communistic, but so this is the atheist group that goes around the country and sues small towns for anything religious they might have on public property. You know, like if it's a Ten Commandments or a cross in their park or whatever. Well, so we happen to have in Neosha, Missouri, we have several nice, beautiful parks. Uh, you know, there's Big Spring Park, there's um, Moore's Park, and uh, the the one park has a a big beautiful hillside with a, a a rock and a waterfall and all this stuff and a cave underneath and on the side of that hill is a cross uh, that that was built in the 1930s okay that uh, they would put flowers in and they they would uh, they would have the choir the kids choir for Easter they would they would fill this cross with with kids and they would you know do this Easter program or whatever. That's what, that's what it was originally built for. Anyway, Freedom From Religion Foundation says you've got to take this down or we're going to sue you. You know, this is 
this is illegal in their eyes, you know, to have this on public property. And so, you know me, I mean, I'm just a redneck from, uh, you know, the, 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 the country. Uh, and I didn't know any better other than to just say, no, you know, we're not going to do this. The people in this community want this. They don't, they don't want it to go away. It's been here since forever and we're not doing it, you know? And so it started this big controversy and, uh, Next thing you know, it made national news. Next thing you know, I'm I'm talking to national news programs and people are interviewing me and, you know, you've got headlines, this crazy mayor from, you know, small town in the Osho is, is saying no to the freedom from religion people. So anyway, through that process, we found a way to um, to keep the cross. Uh, we, we actually donated the land immediately around the cross to a nonprofit organization who takes care of that. So it doesn't, it's private property. Now it doesn't belong to the city, but it stays where it's at. They maintain it. And the people again responded because they felt like somebody was just standing up for the values, the things they cared about. And, you know, so that was one of the controversies that have made national news. You know, I mean, who, who would have ever thought, Right that this would have happened. And then the next one was, you remember the, the Parkland shooting, right? Mm -hmm. That happened. So, you know, everybody who knows me knows I'm a huge firearms enthusiast. Uh, I enjoy hunting and fishing and I enjoy shooting and, you know, reloaded and, you know, all these things. It's just, it's part of who I am. Well, uh, the, there was a nine and under baseball team in Neosho, Missouri, who, this is about a week and a half before the Parkland shooting. Wanted to do a raffle for uh, raising money for the kids, right? So they could travel and do this these baseball games. And so one of the um, the the dads that have had kids in the nine and under baseball team works at a business here in Neosho that that we're all familiar with called Black Rain Ordnance. They're a awesome company that build AR fifteen rifles and. It's an amazing story, by the way. Just, I mean, literally the American dream, how that this came from, you know, three guys in a garage, and, and now it's a multi-million dollar company in our in our community. So they gave a, a rifle to uh, the, the, the group, you know, to have a raffle and raise money. Well, I supported it, you know, because they shared it on social media and everything. So I supported it, you know, and I shared it and on my Facebook. And next thing you know, there's, you know, a few people in, in the area that are, uh, of the other um, side of the aisle when it comes to politics, and they don't like me. And so they started sending this to national news. Next thing you know, this makes national news. You know, small-town mayor supports the raffle, and then we just had this Parkland shooting, and, you know, in their eyes, the guns are the problem, and, you know, all this crazy stuff. And everybody in our community is like, you people are nuts. Like, th we do this all the time. We have gun raffles all the time. Everybody and their brother owns an AR-15 in, in Neosho, Missouri, and, you know, there's no problems, right? And so this makes national news. And all this just, again, it's just crazy how this all happened. And and then, you know, later, uh, after I'd been in city politics, I realized, like, seeing it from the inside, that the need for people who made decisions by principle— just simply makes decisions by principle. And it's it's such a rare thing anymore. 
And so people responded to that. They supported, they, you know, more people, you need to run for, for higher office, you know, you need to run. And so the state representative was terming out at the time and, um, prayed about that. And, and my wife and I decided, you know, we would, uh, would do that, run for state representative. So this would have been, um, 2017. Um, and so decided to announce that we were going to run for, cause the next year, 2018 was the election for state representative. And we began working toward that. And so, you know, we did the same thing, worked hard, knocked thousands of doors. Um, and also by the way, in the middle of all this, I started having back problems. You remember this? Yeah. And I uh, had, I didn't know it when it first started happening. You know, I just thought I'll get through this. I'll go to the chiropractor. I spent thousands of dollars on the chiropractor and to, to no avail, but I had two herniated discs. It turned out. So it got so bad during the campaign uh, that the, the day of the primary election, because I stood at the polls, you know, all day talking to voters and, and all that. And by the end of the night, I was literally laying on the ground, like couldn't even walk, couldn't, you know, for the last couple months, like knocking doors, I, I could last about 30 minutes. And my kids and my wife knocked most of the doors. I would tr- try to drive them. And I got to the point where I couldn't even drive, you know, and, and work and, and all this it was crazy. So I actually had back surgery between the primary election and the general election. So won the primary, it was a three way primary. And, um, I, I won with 58%. And even in an election where one of the guys was a self-funder, wealthy guy, he spent like $60,000 of his own money. Um, I couldn't do that. You know, I had to raise the money from, from people who believed in what we were doing. And uh, I think we, in the primary, we raised about twenty-five dollars or $26,000 and still won handily in that race. And again, it was because we worked hard yeah. and people really responded and, we had some name recognition because a lot of that stuff that you know, made national news and, um, and so people were, you know, excited about it. Just somebody, again, that they felt was representing their values and, and, um, you know, doing the right thing and, and, and it was just one of them, you know? So anyway, that, that kind of set the, the tone for, uh, the, the last few years. And so we won that election and, um, went to Jefferson city and, uh, started representing the 160th district. So since then, man, even more so when you, when you go to a, a higher level, uh, your eyes are open even more so to the need for people that, um, you know, just care about principle. And it was amazing in my freshman class, we had, I think at the time there was about six or eight of us that as we begin to meet each other that was running around the state, you know, uh, there's about six or eight of us that were either current uh, or past uh, involved in, in ministry, you know, current pastors or ministers or youth ministers or music ministers or whatever. And so we, we kind of became a pretty tight uh, friendship group and, and still are to this day, even more so now, but, and so it's amazing to see uh, that that happen. But so that that's a long uh, kind of introduction to to um, how I got involved in politics, uh, ran for office, and I'm currently serving as a state representative in the 160th district. Um, and so 
I want to talk a little bit, uh, kind of change direction here and talk about why, you know, why, why are we starting a podcast? So give me your take on this, Tim, and, and, and the, the genesis of this. Well, like, um, I mean, I, I had not put a lot of thought. I don't, I don't really think of myself as having a whole lot to say. Um, but you, uh, you messaged me about two months ago. We're mm-hmm. like, let's start a podcast. And, uh, you had put a lot more thought into it. I mean, I, than I had obviously because, uh, you know, I, but I'm, I'm also up for just about anything. Anybody who knows me knows that, uh, I, you know, well, I'll, if something's not going on, I'm looking for something to get going on. So, but anyways, and I, I figured that, uh, it's one of those, I'm one of those people that, uh, I don't, not necessarily a follower, but, uh, I'll get behind a good cause and, uh, get on board with it real quick. It doesn't take a lot of convincing to, uh, to go. So, but as far as like, um, I feel like, you know, podcasts are, are kind of the future of media as far as, uh, at the moment, I'm sure it'll keep, you know, keep changing, but it's, that's where I get my news. That's where I get my, uh, you know, I, it's kind of a, the opposite of an echo chamber, I guess. I, I got away from, the last like long form political thing that like sh- almost strictly political thing that I listened to was probably Rush. And, oh uh, man, I missed that voice. Oh man, I would still be listening, but uh, you know, it just a mind like a yeah a steel trap, man. Just yeah, I mean that's a uh, giants there. Rush had a major influence on Huge. on my life and I mean, and in politics too. Um, yeah, I remember back. Uh, listening to Rush during uh, 9-11, you know, just, mm-hmm. and uh, long before that, I mean, I was a Rush baby, you know, my dad, I, I have a picture of my dad when he was uh, in his 20s, and he's 65 now, in a Rush Limbaugh t-shirt, we lived in uh, in Fort Worth at the time, and, uh, you know, I, I was raised on that, and I just, the value of, and uh, definitely not saying that, you know, that I have any contribution. I'm just saying that like the value of just a straight thinker, straight shooter, and, uh, having that available to listen and, uh, do a lot of the homework that, um, you know, not everybody is curious minded necessarily. And, you know, having that available to listen to a sound mind, whether you know, or you, you know, you can, you don't have to listen long to, connect with somebody and realize mm-hmm. that they share your values at the very minimum. And, uh, you know, you still, still cut, still have to make your own, uh, takeaways, but you definitely know when somebody, you know, is, uh, in tune with, with what you're needing to, the information you're needing to get to. Yeah. And a lot of that, um, you know, that a lot of that's why I, I look at everything in life as a learning opportunity and, I feel like this, uh, this at the very least, um, you know, one more thing that I can't say I haven't done, I guess. And, yeah. uh, I feel like I'll, <laughs> I'll learn a lot from, um, you know, the, as far as politically, I'm the type of person that checks out a little bit, um, in the off season, I, I do the same thing with football and, um, you know, just kind of crams for the exam when it comes to politics. And, uh, I've, I, 
I was talking to Ben earlier. I've texted Ben and, you know, asked him about um, people that were running uh, on voting day before. And so... Yeah, you're not the only one, though. Yeah. I mean, it's... And and it's kind of... That's shameful in a sense, but uh, I definitely I definitely take voting seriously. But um, it's sad. I've put a lot more time into fantasy football than I have, you know, the people who are representing or, you yeah. know... But... I, I so I, I saw when Ben uh, asked me about this, I saw just a good opportunity and did, no hesitation, you know, um, wanted to get on board and if uh, you know, with a lot of doubts, I, I'm not a uh, I'm not the uh, most interesting person in the room typically, but uh, it, it'd have to be a small room. yeah <laughs> but you know that's so as far as you know the podcast, why to start one, um, I probably have less noble reasons other than a uh, vast curiosity and uh, just a willingness to try anything, probably. And and learn. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I look at this as a, a learning experience for me uh, to learn about more. And that's what, that's one of the things I love about being, rep, you know, representative and uh, of the people. Um, you, when you're legislating, you learn about such a variety of topics that you never knew even existed um, and it's fascinating to me. Yeah, you don't go to school for it's this. It's fascinating to me. I mean, you know, and it's like you're drinking from a fire hose too. When you first get into this, and you go to Jefferson City, and 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 the, I mean, thousands of bills that are filed and the different topics, and you're just like, what in the world? I mean, you know, like this bill comes up my my freshman year, and it's like, you know, uh, this bill that uh, would make it legal to turn. Uh, I think it was turn right on red or or turn left on a one way if it's red, you know, just some crazy thing that you're like, I do that all the time. Yeah. But apparently it's not in the statute and it's not in the law and somebody needed to change it or whatever. Just crazy stuff that you that you never knew existed. But so back to this question of starting, I, I this is something I wanted to do for a long time. I've always enjoyed talk radio. I always saw the value of it, you know, in, in helping get information to where I could make an informed decision, right? And it, I, did, I never looked at it as someone telling me what to do or how to think. I, I always looked at it like Rush. I mean, Rush yeah. would, he would really do a deep dive in things. He would yeah. bring information to the table, and then you would make the decision on yeah. what you believed about it and, and what you thought about it. And and it really helped shape my. I mean, if if I had to just summarize, like Rush and uh, Mark Levin, and and you know some of these people over the years, uh, Glenn Beck, you know that I've listened to, um, it it helped me to be more of a a, a free thinker, like an independent thinker, uh, and to, to to try to vet that information and dig deeper and do my due diligence and research and. And, you know, I just, it, it created a desire in me to, to, you know, to do that, to learn more, to, to understand the topics and be able to have those conversations with mm-hmm. people, um, in everyday life, you know? And I mean, I, I remember growing up listening to those things, listening to it in the truck, going to work with my dad, you know, yeah. we all did. And so anyway, going back, like I, I, I really, felt the need to, to do this, bought some of the equipment and then just kind of just so busy, but finally accumulated everything that we need as far as equipment goes, 
Because I think there's just such a need, and, and right now people are really moving away from the mainstream media for obvious reasons, right? I mean, journalism is dead in a lot of ways when it comes to the mainstream media. You can't, it's so biased. Um, and, you know, so people are looking more to independent journalism, to, um, you know, to to now, you know, formerly called Twitter, but now called X, to, to find their information. And long-form content with podcasts I think has a great value because you can, you can also, you know, you're not time limited. Like you can talk for five hours if you want on one topic. I mean, I don't know who would, who could bear to listen to us for five hours at a time, but you know, you can, you can get into the issues that at least the people who have the curiosity that want to know more can get that. Um, so I think it's going to be great. I, I think, um, you know, and getting into, to, what kind of content? So, so let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what are we going to cover on the Man Cave Caucus? The that, sky's the limit, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I do have the like uh, an extremely wide berth of interest, and I know you do. I mean, and I would say I, I just digressing a little bit. I would say that um, the uh, journalism is zombified it's still very alive it's just turned. yes it's turned <laughs> the worm <laughs> turns out has turned <laughs> but uh no as far as like uh content i mean the it really is like uh you know and there's a certain amount of just flavor of the day probably um you know i mean so so many things come up in a in a week's time i think that'll probably be the challenge is um just keeping up with uh, current events, current events, and uh, we definitely want to cover some of that. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we're going to be talking about politics, whether that's local, whether it's state, whether it's national. I mean, whatever's going on, we're going to try to keep up with some of that and inform people. Uh, talk about candidates. You know, there's a lot. Of, there's just so many things, even in the political realm, that you can talk about that I think is a value to people. But I want this to be something that's entertaining as well. Yeah, I, I want it to it be. Light. Something that, you know, and that's why I used to love to listen to Glenn Beck. You know, Glenn mm-hmm. Beck, he could he could get real dark, he could get real depressing, but then turn in in, in a, yeah. on a dime and, and be and have you in stitches laughing. You know, the um you remember the the Fridays he would he would do the uh what was it called? It was, uh Moron Trivia. Yes. You remember that? That was that was that was like the highlight highlight of our week at work. Oh. I mean it was it was Dave Ramsey. Um, Rush. I'm debt free. Glenn Beck. And, uh, yeah, we were, we, uh, we listened to talk radio real loud. Yeah. The Glenn Beck, he, you know, uh, he just had a way of entertaining, but also great researched information. Um, so I, I want it to be fun. Uh, we're going to have fun and that's just who we are. You know, I mean, if we get together in any way, shape or form, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. Uh, we just have that kind of relationship, and I knew you would be perfect for this. Is why I asked you because similar, such a wide variety of 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 things that you've been able to experience in life, and I think bringing that to the table uh, is is a value. So that's some of the things you know as far as content goes that that I think we can expect to uh, hopefully put out there for um, everyone to have access to. And of course, it's going to be from the man cave. 
So as you can see, if you're looking around, I know um, the the people out there in audio land cannot see what we are sitting in, but uh, this is this is the the poor man's man cave um, that I have thrown together a, a back room in my garage. I've got deer head on the wall, as you can see. Um, lots of uh, pieces of art from all over the world um, in my time. At the Bible school, I had the opportunity to travel to uh, a lot of different places, Africa, India, uh, South America, Central America, and do missions work, and it's something I love to do. It's a passion of mine. Um, so you can see, I mean, I've got stuff from Kenya, I've got stuff from Sudan, uh, stuff from India, all over the walls. Uh, license plates is something that I collect. I've got a Mountain Dew bottle. You remember the Mountain Dew bottles? Ben, I gave I gave all of mine to a buddy. Um, you didn't. Yeah, all, you remember the metal ones? That's what I got. Oh, I have. They're right up on the I top had, of. Uh, yeah. uh, Sam's herbal. I gave all of mine to him because. Oh man, um, they were just getting beat. I I I knew they'd freeze in storage and bust, and so I was like, when I because we sold our house about uh, six years ago because we were never home. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, you'll have to hit them up for Yeah, them. I've still you... got the Mountain Dew bottle, the aluminum bottle collection. They did all the artwork on the Mountain Dew bottles. I got all that. But anyway, so the Man um, Cave is a, is a great place. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, that's where we'll be we coming from. That's kind of where the, the name originated from, uh, just a, a place to chill out and relax and have fun. And that's what we're going to do in this podcast. It's not going to be... A professional uh, production, as you might think, it's going to be a you know just like you were sitting down in the man cave talking to us uh, about whatever is is important to you and things you want to talk about, and and we're going to do some of that. We're going to try to be interactive with the audience and get some of your feedback and and what you want to talk about, and and we're going to have guests. We're going to do interviews. Uh, who knows who we'll have on here? I have a lot of friends and people who are, are experts in different fields who are. Uh, celebrities who, you know, uh, are involved in a lot of different things. And, and I think it'll be a, a wide uh, variety of content that we'll, we'll be able to offer. Um, so that's some of the things this, that we want to cover. This is completely off subject, but I was, I was wanting to ask you about your European mounts. Oh, yeah. So a few years ago, I started doing my own European mounts. I'm a big whitetail deer hunter, and, and uh, you know, it's so expensive to take these things to the taxidermist, right? So there's a couple of them I did. The the, the shoulder mounts that you see, um, I, I had done a taxidermy or a taxidermist. And, um, and so, but I like the European mounts even more so for whatever reason. I just think Sweet. they look cool. So I started doing them myself uh, and doing them different ways. But... You'll notice there's one uh, here in the man cave that is unique. What what is unique about it? What you... uh, the first thing I noticed about it is the uh, the rack is like extremely dark, like it's weathered and uh, like a flat brown. So yeah, I was curious how you got there. Yeah, so <laughs> it's funny you ask because this is a uh, quite a story. So this is the largest bow kill deer white-tailed deer that i've ever uh harvested okay as you can sell it, it i never had it professionally uh scored but it, it probably scores about a i don't know one 145 maybe a 150 uh it's 13 point but uh, it has an extra main beam you can see there on the right side 
the really gnar- cool, unique. Gnarly wreck. Yeah. So, uh, the 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 story of actually harvesting this deer is a is a separate one for a different time, which is a great story too. Because I had a friend who has a farm next to where I was hunting, and he had this deer on his camera, and he was showing me all these pictures the day before. You know, Man, check out this buck I got. You know, and I go, and this buck shows up on, on, on my spot. Uh, and I take him and, and so it was fun to show him the picture whenever I'd taken the deer and he's like, are you serious? Are you serious? It might be a little bitterness. Yeah. Yeah. Good friend of ours. But anyway, so I take this, I, I had, uh, some family who recommended this taxidermist, right. And said, you ought to take it to this guy. Uh, you know, he's relatively inexpensive. So I paid him up front, gave him the, the, the full, you know, I was going to have him do a, a shoulder mount and, uh, it ended up, you know, like a year later, he, you know, hadn't heard from him. And so I'm, I'm texting him. I'm like, Hey, you know, I got that deer head done. And he's like, Oh man, I I just haven't got to it yet, but I will. I'll start on it. You know, it won't be long. And, uh, this just keeps playing out. Like every time I, every few months, you know, Oh no, I haven't got to it yet. So finally, and I'd paid him up front, you know, and finally, uh, you know, he's, I, I just told him, I said, look, man, I just want to get it back. Like just do a, a European mount, you know, and, and I'll, you can keep the money. You don't, you know, whatever. So, uh, another year or so goes by it, it, it ends up being like three years or more. All right. And, and so he lives out by some of my wife's family and, um, all of a sudden they, he never says a word one day that my, my wife's family tells me, Hey, we got your deer head, you know? And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So they bring it to church or, you know, something somewhere where I saw, I saw them. And I look at this thing, dude, he had left this deer head out in the weather mm-hmm. for those three years. That's why the coloring is the way it is. I so like it, it. it was beginning to, yeah, it looks kind of cool. But here's another thing. I don't know if you can tell by looking at it, he cut the antlers off and put it on a plastic skull that, that you can was, buy at Walmart. I thought that was a really clean skull. No. Well, I'm glad you, you couldn't tell. Uh, I'm but. not exactly a professional. I've never been hunting. So I get this, and it's got a, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a plastic uh, skull that he—, he and, it, and so then it's like it's out of—so it's not proportional the way it was on the deer. Yeah. So it was wider— and the way it was spread out and all of that, you know, and so it's just sickening, man, to get this I'm gonna, back. I'm going to start a taxidermy shop now that I know how simple it is. It's just, just yeah, a so waiting I, game. I, I boil them <laughs> and do it myself now because it, it, it's just not I mean, worth it. I, that's unique. And uh, now that I know, you can just shoot them and leave them. And yeah, <laughs> leave I, them laying outside. Pull up quick to retrieve the, them. Until the skin I mean, rots off of it. I love it. That's that's uh, about how I would probably do taxidermy. Uh, I'm a uh, path of least uh, resistance guy. So I'm thinking in my mind, you know, this guy probably lost it or it got drug off by like a coyote or something, and he had to go searching for it in the, woods and, it in the woods. And and you know, he just couldn't bring himself to actually tell me what happened. He just like, hey, take this to him, you know, and whatever. So that that was the story. You uh, just take the head, start a taxidermy shop, take the head, and then tell him to take a picture because it'll last longer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, anyway, that's mm. that's that story. That's, that's wild, um, but uh, that's uh, that's one of them. But uh, anyway, so let's talk about a little bit. Um, one of the things I I want to cover 
is, and this I guess will be kind of like the the theme of this episode, other than kind of the the, the debut information and and uh, you know who we are, why we're doing this, and and everything. And that is a question that somebody asked me recently, and I thought a lot about. And that is how to you know in the in the political process we have a government that is by the people for the people right uh we know that's how it was set up and designed by by men who were um they were intelligent they 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 were remarkable in their ability to really think ahead of uh when they're writing the founding documents and all those things but how to how do how do you vet or evaluate um, a political candidate or or leader? Like, you know, what what is the average process that people go through? And, and I'm I'm sure that varies, uh, for sure, right? I mean, because there's a lot of people who who don't even vote; they don't even engage at all. Obviously, I mean, really, the the majority uh, of people don't. But you know, if if we were to really you know, say this is what should happen to to really have the best representation in government of who the people want. How do you go about doing that? I feel like I'm kind of an authority on average. Um, I'm probably the most average human being that I know. And uh, <laughs> I would, as a, as a non, like uh, far from a politically active i do uh value voting a lot and uh i take you know take a take it very seriously but i definitely don't have a uh bachelor's degree in political science or anything like that well neither do i uh, but i think a lot of that is i i would i uh yeah i don't even have a uh, high school diploma in scientific uh in any any kind of uh any any kind of science much less political but I definitely think as far as for me, I like, I, I feel like I could do a lot more to be prepared for, um, the, you know, the lead up to the actual, uh, election. But usually when it comes time to vote, I'm just looking for the political figure that is, uh, you know, whatever, either, whatever, it feels like the lesser of two evils. Is the well, yeah, uh, unfortunately uh, uh, that... has been a lot of is like I I think I voted for Romney in the primary, oh. and uh, that like in retrospect it's like it's embarrassing. My Lord, Tim, what yeah. you know? It's embarrassing. It is. And, I, I did too. Oh, okay. Well, I feel I don't know if I feel better or if we're all if we're all messed over. If uh, somebody who actually pays attention is you what know a, what a disappointment but, that guy has. Become. Yeah, I mean it. It's like. You, Worse than it, it, and this is this just leads back to what we're talking about is you really don't even know a lot of times you it's it really is the lesser of two evil is how it feels and then you really get to know a person the more that they're in the spotlight and by the time the election rolls around you're like good lord i don't want to vote for this person and this is who i you know voted to get to this point so i really it's a i don't have a great batting average on primaries and I think I think I've got a lot to learn in uh you know actually vetting somebody because you know it's kind of like well, I think I think your perspective is probably uh a common perspective from most people that's kind of you know they 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 do care they do vote but you know 
people are busy. They're 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 busy trying to to make a living. They you know raise a family and all these things are going on. And and anymore, it's like who do you believe? You know, you get a flyer in the mail. Well, who knows if that's true? Well, or I could not, make or... a sweet flyer about myself, but you know, <laughs> yeah. But the primary is kind of like marriage. You know, you marry, you get married, and then you really find out. You know, did who, you really who find you out? married about ten years later? And uh, you know, thankfully, and so you're. You know, that's a once you get to the election, you just hope that. Uh, you know, hope that it that it's going to be uh, and there, better than... There are some times where, you know, it's it's obvious um, who the better candidate is or whatever, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes you have limited information. But I think this is a good question to talk about. You know, how do you evaluate that? Um, what avenues do you look to, especially when it's, uh, you know, a local... Uh, let's say it's a city council race or a county council or a, or a school board, right? I mean... Probably I, yeah. more than likely, you're not going to see that person at, at any event much. Uh, I don't you're know not them gonna personally. Maybe even I, see a sign, yeah. you know, um, because very little is spent on those races. Um, they, you know, they don't really put their message out there. And and in some of those that they call non, and I'm using air quotes, nonpartisan elections, mm-hmm. which I believe don't exist because no. there's no such thing as a nonpartisan person. Those are really scary because then a person can say whatever they want to say and you have no idea where they, where they, you know, where they're actually going to, how they're going to make their decisions based on what principles, right? I mean, people mm-hmm. who run for school board, for instance, all the time, uh, you know, I'm running for the kids. I, I want the best for the kids. Well, what, but, but what does that look like? like that's that's well, one of the most important elections that we oh, have. Oh, huge. And, you never know who you're voting yeah. for. Yeah, well, here's a good example with COVID, right? You had all of a sudden people making decisions on school boards that the community finds out these people do not represent how I think and what I want and represent uh, the best interest of my children. And it came to the surface really quickly when they had to make some hard decisions based on principle and very different uh, you know, way of thinking when it comes to freedom and liberty, right? And a community like ours, we found yeah. out really quick that about half of our school board were, uh, you know, leftist thinking people when it came to, uh, you know, some of those issues. And so, I think this is so important for people to to really ponder, to to think about, you know, what should be my kind of default and and go to when it comes to evaluating political candidates. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, this has evolved for me. Uh, since I even got, uh, you know, into this as far as running for office myself, because I've seen again from the inside, and and then how political consultants, uh, there's tons of money that go into the, you know, the the higher uh, you go when it comes to politics, the more money is involved uh, because of how much money it takes to get your message out, especially if you don't have any name recognition, you know. And so they craft these messages, and they craft the colors of your literature, and they they craft, um, you know, the I mean, everything to to try to message to the voters and the demographics of those voters, not so much actually what you believe about issues and topics many times, uh, and so you know to to get people to 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 vote for that person, um, and it's it's scary at times because. Many times it's it's about money that's in uh, the political process and and for consultants specifically rather than it is 
really getting the message out about who a person really is. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes to find that information. It's, it's, it takes time to, to research it, to do your due diligence and, and find out. But I will tell you that, you know, people that run for office that are wanting to do it the right way uh, and really wanting to represent the, the people well, they, they do want to interact with the public. They, they do want to get out there and, and, you know, uh, let the people ask them the hard questions and uh, look them in the eye and ask them those questions and, uh, and find out really what they believe on, on principle. And there are opportunities. There probably aren't as many as, as I would like to see um, because of just the nature of, of how busy people are. And, and, and then, you know, so here's some of the things that I think people should look at. Um, you know, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, even usually your, your state is made up of, uh, you know, uh, county political parties. You'll have, you know, like ours has a Newton County Republican Party and they have meetings and, you know, they, uh, several times a year they'll have events. You know, we have the, the watermelon feed you've probably been to in, in big, uh, big spring park, you know, that we do every year in the summer before the primaries. We have the uh, just the other day, or actually this this week, two nights ago, we had the annual Newton County Republican Bean Feed. As you can imagine, mm. um, how I could tell how scrumptious I, that might be. The man cave, the man cave is echoing. Is the man cave echoing of beans? Oh beans. yes. Well, yeah. No, I, I haven't been the same for the, the for the I past have, two days. I had chili for, sure. for supper tonight. I do and, like uh, some some good sweet cornbread. But the beans just they 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 never really do it for me. You gotta have a lot of bacon now to if it's chili, a bean. Like, like deer chili. I can I yeah. can eat some deer chili. But anyway, so there are events that you can go to that where where those candidates come and, and they have a few minutes to talk and and you can talk to them, meet them, shake their hand, and get to know a li- at least a little bit of one on one personal um, information about those candidates. I'll say that most of the time, the stuff you get in the mail, the stuff you see on a TV ad especially or any of that is going to be carefully crafted um, toward getting your vote, not so much as carefully crafted to to reveal who that person really is and their character and yeah. what they stand for. Now, you know, hopefully they're not going to lie and they're going to just put it out there, but I'll tell you that there there are some who, who will run as – a conservative, for instance, yeah. who you find out when they get elected and they go to Jefferson City that, in fact, uh, they're, they're not a conservative when it comes to principle. Um, and so, you know, again, it's it's incumbent upon the voter to do their due diligence. But I, 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 I believe as a candidate myself, I try to, to take the initiative to give as many opportunities as I can for the people to meet. Um, you know, often we'll do a, Hey, I'm going to be at the coffee shop on Saturday. Anybody who wants to show up, talk, ask questions, have fun, hang out, whatever, just give an opportunity for people to realize again, that you, you want to interact with them and you're, uh, you know, you want to be in the community and you want them to, to have the opportunity to, to ask questions. I would, I would say one of the most, like if I could, if I could get an honest answer, on one question in vetting a politician, it would be what are what's the motivation for running? Yeah, why are you running? Why are you running? Mm-hmm. If you can get an honest answer to that, 
you've you really have it at the very least you know you know um whether they're you know going to be working for you or uh or just looking for you know a, a power step up or you know and uh that's probably easier said than done but that, that was that's one of the nice things like knowing how extremely inconvenient political office has been for you um and that you do it, you know, because of, because you really feel you're passionate about, you know, representing the people here in our, our corner of Missouri. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that if you, if you could sit down and talk to a political person or a political candidate and get an honest answer on the motivation for doing it, I think. Motive or, is, motive is a great question. Same with the phone or the school board and stuff. Absolutely. But I always, you know, there there are other things, you know. I, I definitely there there are some issues for me that are a um, no compromise issue, yeah. right? Like so, pro life, um, you know, pro gun, and what that looks like, you know, First Amendment, Second Amendment, those things are non negotiable for yeah. me. In fact, especially the the Second Amendment. Um, I mean, here's the way I look at it: if somebody is not a hundred percent in support of the Second Amendment as written in the Constitution shall not be infringed, right? Is that what it says? Yeah. Then not only am I not going to vote for them, they have let me in on the fact that they are really my sworn enemy in some ways, right? Because yeah. it's so critically important. It's the slipperiest, the slipperiest slope we have right now. Because if I mean, you're willing to compromise yeah. on something that's so critically important for our country, yeah. uh, when it comes to fundamental principles, then what else are you going to w- be willing to compromise on, right? Yeah. And so, you know, there are things like that for me. Now, there are some, you know, I, I'm not a, aside from those core values that are non-negotiable for me when it comes to a candidate. Um, you know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, just not vote for somebody in, in, for one issue in, in most instances, but I want to know, you yeah, know, where they stand on those things. It's really rare to have a candidate that fully aligns, you know, and that's... I think it's impossible. It, it is. And, There's you know... very few that I could say you know, have made decisions exactly how I yeah. would if I was in their, if I were in their shoes. But again, the more information you can get, the better informed you're going to be when you go to vote. And I think that's one of the biggest issues. People go to vote in the ballot box. I've watched it take place and they're scratching their head. They look at these yeah. names. They don't have any clue uh, as to what these people stand for when they go vote for them. Here's a story. I'm standing at the polls on election day. Okay. If this is not scary, nothing is as 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 to probably why we're in the mess that we're in in our country, uh, and it seems like the you know the inmates are in charge of the asylum at, at this time. This lady walks up, and you know I'm just standing there talking to people, talking to voters as they're going in. I've got my shirt on with my you know my logo, my name, and she goes, "Oh, well, you're in luck," she said. Uh, I made the decision that I was going to vote for whoever's last name ended in a B. Wow. You should have bought a scratcher ticket. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> well, thank you. I I appreciate your vote. But uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, God, help us. That 
that is how trivial people make yeah, their decisions. They, they use the same uh, the same method as they do to pick the college basketball bracket for their uh, their voting. Yeah, but they're probably more informed on the basketball bracket. You're, you're right. Than they are on on politics. So that's the kind of mentality that some people have. Um, you know, and, and I would tend to say maybe even the majority when it comes to registered voters, you know. I mean, some of these elections, local elections, you might have an 8% turnout of mm. registered Think voters. Think about that. Right? And th- those 8% of the population of our city made the decision as to who our leaders would be in some of those races. I mean, presidential yeah. years, when it's a presidential general election, you might have 50, 60, maybe 60% of registered voters. Maybe. And that's like a, a Trump year, which is an anomaly, right? Right. So, again, how critically it is important that people not only get engaged in this, but vet their candidates. Yeah, if you think your vote doesn't count and uh, you're, you know, you're, it, it takes, in a town of, you know, we have, what, 12, 12 13,000, um, 8% of that, I mean, your, your family your immediate family could could sway a you know sway a vote and uh, get you either better representation or yep. um, judges. That's a that's something that is. Um, I remember when I was eighteen, um, it was really important to me <laughs> who who the judge was in Newton County. Yeah, know? and and why is that, Tim? Um, <laughs> well, I was I was. Borderline unsavory at that point in my life, but uh, it was just mistakes were made. Yeah, I mean there was growing to be done, and just like was, any other teenager, I was behind the about. curve. Yeah, my uh, my wife, I got married uh, just like um, as soon as I I I believe I was turning nineteen in May, and uh, I w- my wife had to uh, bail me out for a. Uh, traffic violation the day before our wedding oh. and uh god gave her a what a start. god gave her a mulligan what a start and uh he was like hey you know you can walk away here kid but you learned from i'm that. so thankful she didn't but yeah no i and i you know it's it really is a thing of you grow or you grow or die but i i remember my first the first year i was able to vote um i was i was definitely looking for that judge's name who uh you know, and looking back, I don't know if it was, uh, there was any, he was probably, it was, justice was probably just served, but, uh, I was, uh, I was definitely, definitely going to take my opportunity to write someone else down there. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. Did you write in a name? Well, Mickey no, Mouse. no, we, we had two choices and that's, that's another thing that people, I've noticed people, um, you were talking about. Uh, people who kind of switch parties for the election. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of learned that the path of least resistance, if there is, there's times where there is not another um, Republican on the ballot. Yeah. In a, you know, and so they'll just take that opportunity to just kind of smooth in mm-hmm. and uh, well, uh, be able to get straight or get past the primary, right? Yeah. Well, in an area like ours, right, yeah. for instance, is... There, there's not a single Democrat elected in our county um, since I don't know when, before I ever moved here, for yeah. sure. And 
uh, my district is an 80% Republican district. So the primary is the race, right? You win the primary and literally yeah. you could spend no dollars in a race against the you're Democrat on the ballot. and you're going to win because you're on the ballot and people have common sense here and they don't want Democrat values because the parties went completely off the deep end. And, uh, but that primary is serious. Like even in my race, right in a three-way primary in a Republican three-way primary, there was major contrast between, uh, the candidates as to principle, as to, uh, experience, you know, as to, uh, a lot of things that figure into how you will make decisions when it comes down to, especially hard decisions, right? So I think one of the biggest problems, too, just as a side note that I have seen in Jefferson City is that if you don't have a – if you have not solidified your worldview and your core values that that you're convicted about, right, if you have not solidified those things in your life before you get there, then somebody will determine those things for you along the way. Because then it's going to be difficult for you to make decisions based on that, you know, that rock solid, um, objective truth. It's just going to be, well, you know, I thought, well, maybe they're right, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And whoever's whispering in your ear, and then it becomes really easy to, I mean, people flip flop all over the place depending on who's talking to them, and and many times don't even represent their district um, because they never did really solidify their core values and have an identification that was non-negotiable of what they believed, you know? So again, that's something that I think is incumbent upon us as voters to, to, to get to the bottom of and to find out as much information as we possibly can. Um, so we're coming up on, I think we ought to take a break. You, you ready to take a break? Yeah, I'm good for a break. All right, let's take a break and, uh, we'll come back and, and finish this up here in just a minute. I mean, I would, we, we could go to our, uh, we could go to our sponsors, Oh, but no, we don't have any sponsors because this I, uh, is, yeah, this, this is, is the man cave caucus first episode um, and nobody knows who we are and we I have think- no listeners. And, I think uh, we are our sponsors. I mean, we could make some up. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we're um, going to take a break. We'll be right back. Do we cheat him in hell? <laughs> uh. All right. And just like that, we're back. The Man Cave Caucus podcast had a good breaky wakey and uh, got a little coffee in the old veins. Uh, we're, we're keeping on rolling here for a little bit. So Tim, you awake still? Oh yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, um, the, the, the process when it comes to state legislature. Okay. Just real quick, just to give a, a, a real, just a, a framework around for people's minds when it comes to state. A lot of times people conflate federal and state politics, something I get all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've got people, I'll see them at Walmart or something, and they'll be like, hey, how's DC? You know, did you see AOC this week, <laughs> you know, or whatever. And I, sometimes I just play along with it, yeah. you know, because, you know, if, if they're that out of touch, you know, let them, let them be in their own <laughs> little world. Uh, but, you know, there, there's a big difference between uh, the swamp in DC and the swamp in Jefferson city. And, and both of them have a swamp, even 
So state politics in Missouri, um, 30,000 foot view, we have a supermajority, both chambers. Okay. So that's a veto proof majority in the house and the Senate in Missouri of Republicans. Um, so, and we hold the governor, governor's office, and every statewide official, so that's lieutenant governor, secretary of state, um, uh, state treasurer, and auditor, state auditor, are all Republicans. We don't have a single elected Democrat in a statewide office in the state of Missouri. So that's kind of the landscape. Now, you would think... Tim, that because of that, we would be like Florida or Tennessee. But we are not in Missouri, unfortunately. I wish it were the case. But a lot of that, I think, comes down to leadership, uh, you know, from the governor's office. Our governor is, I think, a good person, but uh, he's just not a, he's not a Ron DeSantis type leader, you know, or even a Greg Abbott type leader or whatever. That figures into it, but um, so that's kind of the landscape in the in the legislature. Uh, but typically, we end up getting pretty moderate leadership in the House and the Senate, uh, who have then a lot of power uh, of the 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 volume of legislation that comes through and the type of legislation that gets passed and all of those things. Um, our session goes from January to the middle of May every year. So we have a, what they call a part-time legislature, <laughs> I, you know, uh, it's, it's not a part-time job as much as people might think it is. Cause even during the interim, you, I mean like this week, right? Yeah, I had four I events yesterday. I couldn't even go to my job and work yesterday because I had four things I needed to go to. Uh, and there are many days like that. There are also committees that I have, I'm on that. Uh, I have to meet year-round. I may have to go up to Jefferson City for that. There's a veto session in the fall, caucus meetings, and all kinds of other things that we have to attend as well. But the legislation as far as the the year is January to May. And we have a legislature that – so we start up in January. We start filing bills. Like in December, it opens up where we start filing bills. The legislature starts, and we gavel in in January – if we don't get it done by May, we have a hard deadline. And it, and whenever that date is for May, uh, that last day at 6 o'clock or whatever it is where we end, everything dies and we start over again. So it's not like you pick up where you left off, uh, you know, your bill got through the House and it's sitting in the Senate waiting on a vote or whatever. You start it at ground zero next session, filing bills and going through the entire process again. So you could work all year long on a bill, get it to the last step in that process, which there are many steps, and it dies, and you got to start all over. Mm. So it's it's quite a complex process, long, difficult process, because every step along the way, you're dealing with people, um, you're dealing with personalities, uh, you're dealing with you know, um, partisan ideas. I mean, there's just so, so many things. Procrastinators don't do well with getting their bills pushed through. Yeah. It's, it, it's tough. Right, it's, I, it's, I, it's quite a, it's quite a job, but you don't want it to be easy, you know, to yeah. pass a bill. We, we probably already have too many 
laws on the books as it is. I'm a reformist, and I'm always looking at ways that we can shrink government and yeah. make it more lean. But um, that's kind of how it works in Missouri. Uh, there's a lot of things that that figure into that equation when it comes to kind of the the landscape of politics in Missouri. Um, so, you know, that's something that's a it's always a point of contention when it comes to because our our caucus with Republicans is is so large that it it's kind of split. You've got a conservative side and you have a more moderate side because you have people that end up getting elected in parts of the state that really aren't all right. that Republican and so then those people are are not going to be as willing to take on some tough issues and and things that are hardline um you know more issues that are that are more hardline you know, connected to the to the base of Republicans and and where the party really is, and it can be uh, difficult. That was know. a question I was going to ask. Is as, as far as Republicans go, like on a scale of red to blue, is it is Missouri about you know purple as far as Republicans go? Or I don't think it's really. I think there's 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 several things that you could talk about in 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 that, that question. Um, you know, as far as elections go, no, it's not purple. Um, but when it comes to actual principle, yeah, that's right. Like, you know, there's some ballot issues, ballot initiatives, and we'll talk about that some later that have gotten passed in Missouri just barely by, you know, a a 51, 52%, sometimes, you know, 58% or 60. So, you know, and I think there are a lot of people who are independent voters who kind of go back and forth depending on the issues that are important to them. Obviously, the economy is a big issue for a lot of people that are independent voters, you know, and if the economy is, is doing well, then, you know, they'll vote one way. If it's not, they'll vote another or they'll mm-hmm. just vote to to swing the pendulum back the other direction. I mean, there's a lot of things that I think figure into the equation of especially independent voters. You know, you have on on both sides of the parties, you've got uh, more conservative and more, you know, yeah. extreme uh, views. I mean, the the Democrat Party is the same way. I mean, they've got an extreme side that's just it's it's so far gone. It's I mean, it's it's straight up communism. The old friend. <laughs> it's straight up communism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know. A lot of people who I can't tell you how many people in 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 Newton County that I knocked their door. You know, I've always been a Democrat, but I'm I'm switching, and here's the reason why. You know, and and Trump was a big part of that too. That that was kind of a uh, you know polarizing figure. That it was just an anomaly. That nothing like that really has ever happened. Um, but you know, just just so that people kind of have an understanding of of the the landscape of politics in Missouri, and we can get into that deeper at different times. But one thing I want to end up on this on this episode uh, with is just give me your take on the presidential race for twenty twenty four as we stand right now. Right. So so not only your you know what you might think play out, but gun to your head, who would you vote for right now? Mm. So I mean, Republicans. And, were, I mean, right now you've got who? Who's on the Republican side? Have you been paying attention? Do you know the? Uh, and, and I mean, this is this is going to be a uh, somewhat humiliating, but we have the Indian. Okay, 
we have DeSantis, we've got Trump, and uh, the lady. Okay. That's, that's, so that's your, in this, your mind, I, that's I'm, how it plays I'm out. I'm being completely transparent. Okay. I could have I pulled my <laughs> phone out. I did listen to some, uh, did listen to some stuff over the, uh, the journey home. I had, had about 30 hours in the truck. And, uh, I mean, as a hesitant, I was a little bit disappointed, um, just being candid when Trump got the nomination, um, the first, you know, the first time and, uh, ended up being very, very, very happy with, uh, the direction the country went yeah. after after he got in and what he accomplished and uh but i was very skeptical of you know the uh the guy off the apprentice um yeah. being president and uh it, it, even in the mix with um you know a lot of the people that i listened to were at the time i listened to a lot of a lot of shapiro he was um yeah. definitely not advocating um but i had you know i it was like uh it, it was like, what's the worst thing that could happen type situation. Yep. And, uh, I, I was extremely happy with the direction our country went for those four years. And so at this point, um, unequivocally, I would be thrilled to vote for Trump again. And I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm pretty, uh, I, I wouldn't say, I'm definitely not liberal, but I'm, I definitely hold a lot of libertarian, you know, live and let live, yeah. um, you know, in a lot of, libertarian, in a lot of small areas, R, small L. Yeah. Small L, <laughs> uh, not that liberal of a libertarian, you know, right. I'm very conservative on all of the, yeah. the hot button issues that I feel like are core values. Like you talked about, I have, you know, I'm, uh, unequivocally, not going to vote for somebody who is not pro-life yeah. first, second. I feel like those are foundation blocks on our democracy and there's no wiggle room there. So, and that's what I was saying uh, to what I said earlier about, you know, kind of wait to see where the chips lie and then vote with, uh, you know, vote with my convictions Yeah, um, is how I've, how I've approached a lot. And so I don't get super involved. Um, I've got a really bad batting average on primary and it's, I've been way more, you know, when I was, when I was younger, I was very, um, you know, if I, I, yeah, that jaded sense that you get, the older you get, the more, um, you see how it, how it really works and who you're, you, I mean, I would, like I said, with, um, my, my moment of jaded was Romney, you know, that was like, yeah. oh, good Lord. You know, I, that's, I was very, very sure. McCain. Yeah, I voted for McCain. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, I it it does get to that point. I do feel like your vote matters. I feel like that's something that. Um, but you you get jaded. I also feel, feel like, like my vote. Um, I you know it's like leave it leave it to somebody with a room with a IQ over room temperature because <laughs> apparently I'm you know I'm yeah so so you got you got Donald Trump, you've got uh, uh, Governor. Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, right? The woman. You've got. There we go. <laughs> the name has entered I'm the sorry. chat. <laughs> uh, and then you got Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah, right. Indian. Great guy. I've met him. Uh, brilliant guy. But he, 
he comes across as kind of like a, the guy that ha- has read all the books but never actually experienced the things mm. in the books. You know what I mean? Like, and, and sometimes I think he even kind of comes off as like the snake oil salesman. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he sounds great. He I does love a good job in, in debate and all that. But I think there's some fundamental uh, issues and things that, that he struggles with and that I probably disagree with him on and, and all of that. But um, he's a young guy. You know, he's 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 rapping Eminem at his, uh, you know, <laughs> at his rallies. So uh, he's pretty hip. Yeah, and so, you know, trying to connect with the younger generation, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, I, I don't know that I would yeah. have done it that way. But, hey, you know, I, I think there are some people who uh, who do connect in yeah. that way. I've a listened, lot of people. I've listened to long form of Robert Kennedy. Um, yeah, so on the Democrat him. side, well, you did have RFK Jr., but now he's saying that he's going to run as an independent. I don't know if you saw that. So I he, hadn't seen that. He announced the, the, that he's not running as a Democrat now. Yeah, no, I did see. Yeah. I saw murmurs of it. And, and yeah, there's a lot of yeah. people that that buy into some of his stuff. Uh, you know, he says a lot of good things when he talks about COVID and, and the vaccines and all that, I think. Very well researched. Uh, I can't bear to listen to his voice oh, it's very hard. long. Uh, and I know he's got a, an issue, and that's a yeah. part of that. And, and you know, uh, I hope that gets better and or whatever, uh, but just the reality, right? Just the way people, uh, you know, uh, respond. Uh, you, you've got Biden, you know, on the Democrat mm. side, and and you know, I, don't, you know, it's it's like he can't even string two sentences together. He's falling all over the place. Uh, he, you know, he's just I, he's, he, and I think I think the gig's up there. Yeah, and his his numbers are are extremely low uh, with people who who even think that he's competent enough to continue on. I I don't know that he does. I I still think that there's a a point in this race that they're going to pull the plug on Biden and they're going to put in Gavin Newsom or somebody and and do that. I think that's very possible, or Michelle Obama or whatever. I think Obama's still running things to a large degree when it comes to uh, that level of, of national politics. But... In the in the Republican primary, you know, there's the uh, you've you've got Chris Christie, which I I just kind of wish would just go away. Um, I mean, that's know, a he, lot. To he go wears away. me out. I I can't handle it. That is a lot to go away. Uh, he his whole thing right now is nothing but just just bashing Donald Trump. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know who's like advising a, him, but that's, a Republican <laughs> never Trumper right. is what you have in Christie yes. and. And it's not going to work, right? So, so right now the polls are just insane when it comes to support for Trump. Um, it's it's like ten, uh, you know in 10%, the fifties, ten uh, or ten points over Biden on the last survey and or on the last poll and whatever. You know, very few people are like. It's kind of like when uh, Trump's numbers were down to Hillary. And, you know, you don't want to count any chickens. Right. Polls are polls. Yeah. But he was 10 points up Especially this, this far out. But, uh, yeah, I think I think the, the indictments, all these crazy things that they're mm-hmm. throwing at him from the very beginning and still yet today are just, just making him more, you know, like, it's like making him the martyr. And, and now you've got people that are supporting him simply yeah. because he's, like, the underdog by far. Like, yeah. it, as far yeah. as how he's been treated by, you know, so many, you know, again, no matter what you think about Donald Trump or what you believe about it or whatever, it's just the reality of where we're at. You know, I... I like DeSantis. I like his policies. I think he's a true conservative. I, I don't think he's you know, a member of the swamp like some are trying to throw at him. Um, I think he would be a great president. I think he's been a great governor. I think, yeah. I mean, if you look at the policies 
they're solid in what he yeah. did in Florida. Uh, but again, it, it's just you know it's insurmountable. I think the 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 following that Donald Trump has had yeah. and still has. Um, so that that figures into it. It's going to be a crazy year next year uh, there's in twenty twenty four. There's a big part of me that just wants to see how it plays out uh, with Trump getting yep. you know getting four more years and it's you know i don't know that uh i don't know that he's the best that america has to offer but i do you know it's just in all the irony of you know see, like biden wanting to build build the wall now after uh you know selling everything and you know there's just like so many things it's like man it's it's like a set you know you're you're just setting setting trump up for uh yeah, well, and you, you've got the conflict that's happening right oh, now Lord. in the Middle East, you know, and we don't have time to go into all that in this episode, but, you know, all that figures into where we're at right now. You have the, the fiasco with the, you know, the Speaker of the House and Congress uh, and the, the you know, the the uh, the budget that's got to be passed in by November or, or the government shuts down. You've got all these things going on. All of that figures into the economy. Uh, as well, that's something right now that's huge. I mean, people are are feeling it, man. The 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 inflation that has happened. We've spent trillions of dollars over the last few years. Inflation is through the roof. Uh, you know, gas is so high. You know, it all of these things figure into um, what pe- what decision people are going to make next year uh, and in in the in the, uh, in the presidential race. So. It's been quite a uh, quite a ride so far, you know. I think today, uh, yeah, I believe it's today that um, Pence dropped out. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. I mean, and, I know, I and wasn't pe- even counting him. The, the yeah, four no, the four think... that I'm aware of are about the only like. Yeah, I noticed in your, in your first list you didn't even mention Pence. No, I mean, I I know they're <laughs> you know I know or, or Christie. I mean, I right. feel like it's just a matter of time. I Let feel alone like, Doug Burgum. You ever heard that name? Uh, I've heard the name. Yeah. I am uh, not intimately familiar the with the name, but I feel like the four that I mentioned. I kind of like Doug Burgum. Hey, but I mean, he, you know, you don't. I, have a I don't think he has a snowball's chance. No. And so the but he four does that get I mentioned to put in are, his bio that he ran for president. Hey, I mean, I should run for president. <laughs> Why not? You know, but no, I feel like that of the four I mentioned are probably at the moment, and I feel like if the election was today. Trump would have a landslide, um, but it's not today. A lot of things and a can lot change. of things can change for over sure. The next and you, you've year. got you know Nikki Haley has some uh, you know a bit of support. You're going to have women voters, of course, that that vote in that direction simply because of that. Um, she's weak on some policies, in my opinion, as to what people want, especially the Ukraine funding, um, some of those things, and and some other issues that she has spoken out about, you know, the pro-life issue and things that, that were interesting to me, her, her position on that. And, you know, whether it was like she, you know, had a poll done and, and tried to message yeah. exactly to that, it seems like that kind of a thing. Uh, Ramaswamy, again, you know, I, I think there's no chance, uh, he'll probably get a book deal out of it. He's already mm-hmm. independently wealthy. Um, and, you know, he'll continue on his, you know, thing of doing speeches and probably, you know, make more money doing that now. There's a lot of things there. And he would make like a, I think Ramaswamy would make a great, like, press secretary. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He'd be great. 
be great for that. But um, president of the United States, I, I, I don't think so. He needs I think, to have some life experience first. Um, I think Trump's press secretary was possibly the highlight of, um, of you know, of his his final one. And I'm so bad with names. That's uh, Kaylee McEnany. Kaylee McEnany. Yeah. But great. Good lord, you talk about a Sarah Huckabee. Great. Yep. But I think I. I think people. I think McEnany was even better because the way she was so yeah, just it her was, demeanor. You know, dude, it was uh, it was cutting. Definitely better looking just too. Diced people up, diced them up. Yeah, yeah. without even trying. And, uh, Sarah uh, Huckabee's doing great as governor yeah. in Arkansas. Now. No, and that's great. And and uh, that's that's quite a uh, legacy. Yeah, the Huckabee family out there in Arkansas. But so we're... we'll see how it goes uh, with the presidential race, and we'll we'll continue to check in on that. Uh, with the podcast as things go on, we're going to have, it's, I mean, we're coming in, man, at the, yeah, at the, I, the perfect it's, time. It's just heating up to do this. So, uh, um, and I'll, I'll try to get better informed so that I'm, but I, I, I feel like I, uh, probably am a good representation of, uh, of the average, of my, the average Tim, <laughs> yeah, out the there. average Tim. Yeah. And, uh, but how would you feel about a Haley, um, Trump or Haley, um, DeSantis ticket? Oh, I don't want Haley. Okay. I, I mean, I just, I, you know, I, I think. Who do you think? Because if, of the way things are, uh, as we go forward, you, you're going to have you're going to have to entertain uh, someone for vice president. That's a woman, um, and there's plenty of. That's of what good I was going to ask. Out who do you feel like the best? And this sounds terrible. But I like, like Christy Noem. You know, yeah, um, she's done a good job Is as governor. Now, there's a few South things. South Dakota, she, yeah, yeah. You know, she's got a a scandal recently. Yes, um, that that probably figures into that. Um, but I, I like what Man, she's I'm, done as governor. Well, I definitely like scandal, her leadership. But... And where I really got kind of, um, you know, new, you know, found more information about her was during covid and how yeah, she handled that's how, that that's the only reason i uh was but uh, you know <laughs> something like that um i think is a possibility but again it's gonna have to be especially if it, if trump is the nominee it's gonna have to be uh somebody who can yeah who, who's strong enough to handle that kind of dynamic you know pence, because pence definitely was not the uh the answer no and i think pence is a good man absolutely i, I just i think he made some major blunders um and uh, it cost him I don't, big time. It's like a stand by your man moment. There. And I mean, he's just he's so boring too. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, it's a there's snoozer. no there's no comparison there. Anyway, uh, anything else you want to add today on this podcast before we sign off for our man debut? I, I think we better stick a fork in it. Stick a fork in it. We better do it. Yeah. All right, everybody. So let let's let's talk briefly when we're going out here about how to spread the word when it comes to uh, the podcast. So we're on Twitter. I didn't know if you knew this yet, but I have a Twitter handle for our <laughs> podcast. So uh, well, that is at Man Cave Caucus. Okay. All right? Well, I'm going to share it with my, Sorry, I'm going to share it with my four followers. Okay. And that's, that's really going to give so us So you can boost. find that, find us on X. Uh, send us a direct message. You can uh, you can really kind of keep up with the episodes. We'll we'll have links and videos and things on on there uh, on X. I do have a. Uh, I started a. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's the other social media? Uh, 
uh, Instagrams. Oh, the old Instagrams. Yeah. So I, that one I can't remember. Let me look it up here. So on Instagram, uh, we have an account as well. And I'm looking it up here. It's called the Man Cave Caucus. And uh, so you can find us on Instagram as well. We'll be putting content on there and engage uh, with us on Instagram. The other thing is you can just send us an email at the at mancavecaucus at gmail.com. And uh, all this is new to you. I can see well, it on your face. But I'm impressed. I did, I mean, I did start us up on... I didn't a, want anybody else to take our name. Right. Because you're, it was amazing that I, I, I didn't find that name anywhere that... Uh, when when it came to social media or podcasting, so we are unique. Yeah, I will tell you that. No, I I and I not had just to, in the uh, name. I had to Google a little bit of Google, do some googling on uh, on caucus. I had a I uh, pulled out the old thesaurus. Yes, and uh, dusted it off. And so I'm, give us give us your your definition, your your summary definition of what so caucus means. I uh, I only got past the first two or three. Uh, two or three words, but if uh, I went into it with a rudimentary knowledge that it was a, a group of like-minded individuals. Um, That's good. That was, that was what I would have guessed. With a kind of an with, agenda or yeah, a with purpose an, to... Yeah, an agenda or a purpose, and I feel like that is uh, definitely, I think uh, our, our, our agenda and purpose are... Uh, to sit in the man cave and uh, definitely chill. to yeah to to slow down for a couple hours a week and uh, just free our minds yeah and, it's a good uh, thing we need it more I feel like that it was a it was definitely after like looking it up it it was uh, I felt like you had you had definitely nailed what we were shooting for here so I think so I, I like excited. it it's catchy I think yeah. people will uh, we've already got a lot of interest in that so. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, that that one listener out there that we mm. that we might have, we love you. Uh, share our stuff, okay? <laughs> share us on X. Share us on uh, in the Instagrams, and uh, and if you find us, and if you have any questions or any content that you would like to see us cover, send us an email. We will try to answer all of our emails, which yeah. are zero right now. Well, uh, except for probably some spam I've that got a, we're collecting. I've got a fax machine. <laughs> I've got a fax machine for some of our older listeners. Okay, um, I yeah. can bring it over and we can get it set up in the man cave. Right. I love the sound of them. So yeah, great sound. Mm. And that that paper that just never ends. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I call our company's fax number just to listen to the jingle. <laughs> Kind of like the old dial-up sound. Yeah, remember that. You can't find that anymore. No. So we'll find one. We'll we'll put that on our. Mm. Our podcast at some point because it's just soothing. It is. <laughs> never did bring up a a, a point of frustration. And, I'm sure. And kids never got to. And hear there was it. the special tone that you knew if it hit that tone, then you weren't connecting. Mm. Remember? Oh yeah. You're like, oh no, kids don't we're, know. We're I remember they there don't was know a, the there struggle. was there was something called Bebo. You remember that? <laughs> I do remember. So Bebo. I had Bebo. It was like right a, after the old MySpace. Yeah. It was a transition from MySpace to Facebook, but it was for um, social conservatives. Yeah. yeah, or I think it was a Christian site. I, probably not, but well, it we might thought be. it was. Hey, <laughs> we and, thought it was because we but, were on there. But I remember, I still remember sitting at the computer for ten minutes vividly. I remember every pixel loading. Oh yeah, picture. You would load a picture, 
and one pixel at, is like Johnny Cash, <laughs> one pixel at a time. And uh, I, I'll never forget that. And my kids will never know. The like struggle they think that is real. they think that circle going around is rough. Yeah, they have no, no idea. You've never watched a a five thousand pixel photo load one <laughs> pixel at a time and not been able to get any contact from the outside world. If your mom needed to call, right. it's like, you know, too bad. Get to the hospital. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go grab I'm, some lunch while the I'm loading internet <laughs> is loading. Ah, and sometimes you'd get halfway through the picture and you'd be like, ah, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. No. And uh, anyway, good times. You could you could always slide over and play SimCity 2000. I was a while, mine, while you were Minesweeper was about. I mean, yeah. you got to realize that um, our computer, the coolest thing you could do on it was load a picture an hour on Bebo or play um, the uh, Oregon Trail. So I realized just now that we probably just should edit the entire podcast out and the last like three minutes of this is probably the, the most exciting part. It really... It but really, hey, that's the way it's going to be. That should should have been what we start, started with on, Up on the board. brief explanation of who we are. Yeah. Um, so we've got this giant whiteboard in the man cave with lots of me. notes and we didn't follow a single one, but... We gave it a whirl. We, a college try. We tried. Uh, I bought that whiteboard at an auction for a dollar what a steal i know i mean where do you even find a whiteboard that big the warm fuzzies i, I would barely get fit it in the door from a deal like that i'm a deal guy yeah i, I would have bought it even I don't if even i didn't use have a things need for that, it yeah i don't even use the things I knew that it was I worth find more a than a dollar yeah somebody's like, gonna buy it i could for flip, at least two dollars a double your money i could flip this for two thin dimes <laughs> two on thin marketplace dimes. i know what i got i know what i got <laughs> no low ball with offers. that Sorry, since, guys. since Tim said, I know what I got, that means we have come to the end of our show today. And so, again, share us on X and on uh, the interwebs and uh, spread the word about the Man Cave Caucus. So with that, we are Goodbye. out for today. Today.